You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Howdy there, Live Different Podcast listeners. It is Matt Wilson coming to you today from Austin, Texas. And I am about to get into an awesome episode with a PhD in human behavior, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. He has been making kindness cool since 2010 with his project, Long Distance Love Bombs. He is really just a just a cool person. Uh, he has a guide called Get Shit Done 101, and he uh, has a really great balance in his life, not just between making shit happen, but also understanding why we do the things that we do and how our minds affect our lives. So uh, before I get into that, just wanted to send out one last invitation. Uh, you're going to hear me over the next couple of weeks talk about my trip that I have coming up to Bali, Indonesia with none other than Luz Garcia, 1,500-hour yoga teacher. And we're going to be talking about things you will hear in this episode like how we can make kindness cool, how we can be more compassionate people, how we can feel good with ourselves in a more mindful way so we can go and be more kind to the people in the world around us, make the world a better place. And we're going to be exploring that through a little yoga, a little meditation, some travel, some cultural experience there in, on the country, on the country, in the country of Indonesia, on the island of Bali, it is an amazing place. I have been several times. I try to go every single year. To me, Bali is nothing short of life-changing, but I won't hype it up. I will just send you to under30experiences.com to check it out. Send it to a friend. If you want to get one of the last couple seats, we'd love to have you put in the discount code Live Different for $100 off. Would love to spend time with you in person. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lifting for Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with Dr. Jeremy Goldberg of Long Distance Love Bombs. He is an expert in behavioral change. He has some really interesting uh, topics that he has been writing about, including Getting Shit Done 101, What If Kindness Was Cool?, the science of compassion, and he is an avid traveler. He ran uh, some really interesting retreats called Creative Rehab recently on the island of Bali. He just got back from Spain, and offline we were jamming a little bit about uh, his possible trip to Mexico here, so I wanted to bring him on, chat with him, get to know him a little bit, and see what type of value we can uh, pass on here to the listener. So, Jeremy, welcome. Thanks, brother. It's good to be here. Thank you, thank you. I um, I don't even know where to begin with all of that, but I, I think uh, maybe we could start with the balance question. And it sounds like you do a lot of traveling yourself. You just told me that you were on a 35-day trip hiking El Camino de Santiago all across Spain. And, uh, but you're also running a business here, and uh, I don't expect that you whipped out your laptop every night while you were hiking El Camino, but you have an interesting balance between being able to do these things in your life and 
uh, writing ebooks like Get Shit Done 101 and coaching people to be able to do that better in their life. So uh, tell me how the heck you pull all this off. Yeah, good question. Uh, I think in, in many ways this idea of balance is bullshit. Like I, I'm not convinced that I've ever properly experienced a fully balanced life. I've experienced balanced moments or balanced days, but I tend to sway between having a bit too much fun and having a bit too much work. Uh, and so I kind of try to ride that pendulum a little bit back and forth. And so I, I guess my life is more about trying to figure out if I'm swinging too far one direction, then I want to try to push myself back towards that balance point and kind of navigate around it a little bit. Um, and so for me, like, yeah, I spent the last several years living in Australia. I was doing a university degree. I was working for the government. I was working for universities. I was in a cubicle and I was just burnt out and I swung too far towards that work aspect. And um, and then I've spent the last year or so just traveling around. I did a, a trip through the Pacific, uh, northwest of the U.S. on the Pacific coast. And then, yeah, most recently just went through Spain on foot um, and basically just pushed pause on everything. I, I wrote an email to my clients and said, hey, I'm checking out for six weeks and I'll talk to you when I'm back, basically. And uh, I'm very blessed um, to be able to do that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I'm curious because I feel like I'm coming up on that point where I have really grinded hard for, God, uh, six to ten years, I would say, but packed in a lot of fun at the same time. And I think I got to a point where the fun, I maybe it became a little bit numb to the fun or numb to the travel and the travel became a to-do or the getting to yoga several times a week became a to-do meditating every single morning uh, for four years became a to-do, uh, taking care of, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm in Costa Rica, literally, I was telling you before, there's monkeys in my backyard uh, as we speak, it's all amazing, but I even felt myself just with so much travel and so much work, right, this is, this is what I haven't talked about yet, is all of the work building a, a business over the last six years it kind of hit me, uh, honestly, about a week or two ago, and I'm hoping that the pendulum can swing the other way a little bit uh, for me over the next six months, because something isn't right if you're like, ah, these fucking monkeys are in the pool again. Like, that's not, that's not right. You know, I should be very happy to see the monkeys every day. Does, it, does any of this make sense to you, Jeremy? Oh, completely resonates with me of like, oh God, I have to fucking meditate again. Like, ugh, uh, this amazing yoga class and this amazing yoga studio. Oh, I guess I'll go, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it sort of relates to this idea of like humans, we fundamentally desire freedom and excitement and newness and adventure. And then we also are drawn to like stability and safety and comfort, right? And, and those are almost the two sides of that pendulum I speak of. And I think if we, if we stay too long in one of those areas, we desire the other, right? And so anything amazing and beautiful and fun and adventurous can become boring or tedious if we're only doing that thing all the time, right? You just get used to it. It's like, oh, there's the monkeys again, right? And we kind of lose that perspective of, of self and, and our lives. Uh, and sometimes we just need a little shot in the arm or a little break to rejuvenate 
um, our opinions of ourselves and what we desire, really. Sure, sure. That, yeah. that, that makes a lot, of, a lot of sense. I wanted to ask you, tell me about human nature in this 21st century. And I know we're talking about balance or we're talking about the pendulum, but I don't know. I don't want to get too ancestral with the question, but years ago, this wasn't how humans were designed to live their lives. And it wasn't until uh, fairly recently in human history where we had to stay at the same job and stay at the same desk and go to the same place mm. every day uh, for work until you just drive yourself nuts. So I'm curious what your, your thoughts are on, like I've started to split time back to Austin and uh, it's actually been really helpful to me mm -hmm. uh, taking a break from the Pura Vida dream life. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, uh, on that type of thing. If humans were designed to be in one spot at all times. Um, I would say no, just that seems crazy to me. Um, I think humans are, are designed for connection and we're designed to be moving around. We're designed to be in nature. We're designed to have our basic needs met. And I think oftentimes we forget that um, we need things like tribe and connection. And we don't like feeling alone and isolated and ostracized, right? And so we look to modern technological advances as ways of getting those things like social media and Facebook or YouTube. Um, and I think we often forget that a lot of the things that we long for or the ways that we desire to feel are often very simple things like we want to feel full. We want uh, good healthy food. We want to move our bodies. We want to be excited about our day. We want to have people that we can talk to that accept us for who we are. And we want to basically foundationally just want to enjoy our lives, right? And like live lives of value and purpose and connection. And I think oftentimes in, we can get stuck in the monotony of our day-to-day -day existence, right? And we can feel trapped. We can feel hopeless. And we can feel not enough. This idea of being not good enough or not smart enough or, or not living our best life because we see so easily in our pockets how everybody's living their dream life, taking selfies and eating organic food and traveling the world and everybody's so happy on social media, right? And so we get this idea of lack. And so we chase things to fill that lack. Um, and we forget that it, the, at the core of it, really, it's just a, a foundational human desire to fulfill ourselves, really. Um, that's a little bit of a rant. I hope that made sense. No, I, I like what you said. I was just uh, noting down that we chase things to fill that lack. And, of course, we've talked about this a lot on, on the podcast when everybody's life is so... Uh, is so great on Instagram, but I'm, I'm curious, okay, if you want to go about uh, promoting a brand, for example, what you're doing with Long Distance Love Bombs, could, actually, could you tell everybody in your own words what you do uh, with your writing and your art uh, so that people can see what, you're, what type of content you're producing that doesn't make you look like another dude that hangs out in Bali and posts <laughs> selfies all over the place. You know, we were, we were talking I mean, about, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely, definitely am part of that dude of like, Hey, I'm living, living my best life in Bali. Like here's how to do it now. Um, so what I do is I try to make kindness, cool and compassion popular. I try to help people thrive in compassion, connection and fun. 
Um, I coach people one-on-one. I give talks. And I write and rant a lot and often on um, Instagram and Facebook. at, And the, the brand is called Long Distance Love Bombs. And um, sort of the origin story, uh, I gave a TED Talk a couple years ago called What If Kindness Was Cool? And in it, I just described this airport encounter I had with the crying stranger and this desire to just um, change the world, basically. Like, I got fed up with this idea that that people can just sit in an airport and cry by themselves. And I saw this woman, and it shook me up, and I was just like, fuck that, fuck this. We can be better. We can do better. Um, how, how do we do that? And so I just started writing little inspirational notes and leaving them all over the place in restaurants and windshield wipers and library and just public places. I just left these little inspiring notes. And then I started writing articles online. I started a a website, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and then it just kind of spread. And so much of my message is kind of uh, profanity laced occasionally. Uh, It's real talk. It's grounded in psychology and sociology, but it's, uh, it's kind of an inspiring, encouraging way to look at the world, look at ourselves and try to just make the world a little bit better than it was yesterday. That's that's awesome. Could maybe could you give uh, an example of some of your messages or, or something like that? Do you have anything off the off the cuff that you might want to share? Uh, yeah. So so I do a little bit of spoken word poetry as well. But um, on the back of my business cards, I have a dozen different little sayings, um, and so I started printing these these cards as well. And so one of them is like, um, "Be brave. Be awesome." Uh, what is it? Be brave be awesome, you are brave, you are awesome. Just something like that. Or um, it'll be okay and you will be too. Or life is beautiful and so are you, right? So just little like affirmations kind of thing. Um, and then sort of on Instagram, I, I write longer captions and longer pieces trying to promote this idea that um, that we're all in it together, uh, that we, we're trying the best that we can and um, and we should... And we should, and I think we could be a little bit more kinder and, and compassionate to one another. That's awesome. That, yeah, that's, that, that's great. And so you put that on social media, but people can also buy your stuff. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So I started selling years ago just little refrigerator magnets and little, uh, like call them stubby holders in Australia, like those things that hold beers. So sure. I started making some of those with, with just a little bit of inspiring messages and things. And I've done some collaborations with um, jewelry makers and artists through the years trying to get my words out there in different mediums and um, yeah it's a bit of fun excellent excellent yeah. um, okay so so you have this idea of what if kindness was cool and you know the science of of compassion we can get into a little bit but I wanted to show people the other side of <laughs> of you and you have an ebook called get shit done 101 so the pendulum kind of swings here possibly uh so so tell us a little bit more about that yeah Yeah, so that is all about um so basically i did a phd on behavior change trying to understand how our brains work why we do the things we do how our thoughts and beliefs impact uh our lives and the world around us yeah and so basically i read shitloads of scientific studies and research over the years um, and then kind of synthesize that into this this little ebook, and it's an online program as well, trying to help people get their shit done, basically. And so it talks about two main things. The first is what's going on inside of our heads, which is how our attitudes and beliefs influence 
the things that we do, the priorities that we make, distraction, procrastination, all of that stuff that goes on in our head and affects uh, how we live our lives. And then the second part of the, the ebook and the, the course is all about uh, the environment around us. And so how we can dev- design a productive space, how we can create habits and rewards and punishments and consequences in our lives that keep us accountable, that keep us on track, that keep us uh, doing the things that we want to do. Um, and so those two things kind of complement each other, the, the inner space and the outer space. And, uh, and then that kind of grounds the work that I do when I coach people one-on-one, trying to just get, get ourselves clear on what we want and where we want to be, and then how can we design ourselves and our systems and structures to get us there. Awesome. Uh, Jeremy, we've done... Okay, so uh, I think the listeners are pretty familiar with people... Uh, continually talking. Well, my okay. My question for you, Jeremy, is how often should someone relook at their inner space to decide if they're going in the right direction, if they are truly still on the right path, uh, and then maybe you need to make changes because. Uh, a lot of guests come on and they say, well, yeah, you got to get clear on where you want to go, but how often do you need to evaluate that? Um, I would say as often as it starts feeling terrible. Uh, so I'm, I'm a fan of trusting feelings and, and uh, emotions in some sense. And so if you're spending a month doing this project that you really hate, that you don't believe in, that you're doing just because it's going to make you money or just because it's part of a a one-year action plan, then I would suggest uh, that you reconsider your intentions with what you're putting into the world and how you're spending your time. Um, I think life is far too short to spend our lives doing things that we don't like, to try to impress people we don't know, etc. right? Um, and so I think that's not to say that there are some things in life that we work on that we really don't quite want to do, you know, like send emails or do accounting or update websites. You know, these are things that are just part of the part of the game that we have to play sometimes. But I think from a big picture context, we know deep down when we're not living the life that we want to live. And we know deep down when our work is not the work that we want to be doing. And we can choose to ignore that uh, and try to talk ourselves into it for a while. But eventually there's going to be a reckoning of some kind, either health or mental-wise or emotional breakdown where the, the dissonance between that knowing and those decisions is too much and something has to change. And so it's sort of up to the individual to decide where that reckoning is. Um, but I'm a fan of, you know, every week, try to check in. You know, what, how did that week go? What felt good? What felt bad? Uh, am I on the right track? Et cetera. Okay. I, I like that. I want to stop you there because my follow-up question was going to be how – do you stop yourself before you feel terrible? Now, I understand that we all have to do our accounting. We all have to pay our taxes. We all need to answer our mm. emails. Probably not the top three things that we want to do. However, mm. we don't want to get to the point where this type of thing is overwhelming our lives and our core purpose feels terrible or we've lost sight of our core purpose. So uh, do you have any... 
any practices that you might recommend on how someone can check in with themselves every week? Because I'm not very good at this. Yeah, and so it's basically just about um, setting up the right rituals, you know? So this could be like every Sunday you have a beer at sunset and you sit somewhere beautiful and you just reflect or you um, journal every day, every morning. Or you have a coach and you talk to them once a week, once a month, uh, and get some outside accountability. Uh, and it's basically just trying to create something in your life individually that works well for you. So, for example, I know of some couples that have one hour every Sunday where they sit down and they talk about the relationship. And that is the way that they communicate and they've created the time and space uh, to have the container to have those important conversations. Um, other couples do it entirely differently, and that's totally fine. Uh, as long as it works for you, I think, is the main thing. Some of the stuff that I talk about in the, the course is, um, is trying to design the environment in the best way possible, right? So, for example, if you know every week that you've got to spend an hour doing some task that you really don't love, how can you do that in the best space possible? Like, can you go to a coffee shop and have a really beautiful coffee and do it? Can you play some good music? Can you go to the beach? You know, can you make it a game of some kind? Can you do it with other people around you? Uh, and try to just make the best of it. Um, and oftentimes that can be that can be really helpful. Sure, that, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have a, an example uh, in your life? Um, yeah. So so I I try to like blast music sometimes when I'm doing things that I don't love, uh, I, or I'll I'll take a break. Um, so I'll just I'll get fed up with something and I'll just go for a walk around the block. I'll put on a um, some some song that puts me in an upbeat mood. Um, yeah, so it's just about trying to to hack, right? It's it's different different little tips and tricks that you know work for you, um, and you can do this with the whole sensory experience. You can use oils or incense to get your smell going in a good place. You can listen to good tunes. You can put on like a soft sweater that feels good on your skin. You know, you could go to a space that is energetically very calming and soothing. Um, rather than trying to do something you don't love in a place that's loud and uncomfortable and stinks and, you know, isn't very uh, supportive or conducive for the work that you want to do. That, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> and uh, tell me about the people who might be trapped in an environment where the fluorescent lights are killing them and uh, mm. the streets of the city, uh, you know, sirens are blaring at all times and... They don't have they don't quite have that luxury, so how can they work towards that maybe? Yeah, so I think I think basically recognizing what you are in control of and recognizing what you cannot change, right? And so if you're in an office environment and you have to go to that building every day and you have to sit at that desk every day, like that's the rules of the game. Like if you fundamentally cannot change those rules, then your choices are to accept them and move on to what you can change, or to be angry and upset and pissed off and annoyed all the time because of the system that you're in, right? And so that's the first step is just recognizing what you can control and what you cannot control. And so once you accept like that this is just the game, then it becomes how can I make this as good as possible? How can I um, create this space that I need uh, as best as I can? So if noise is a problem, can you buy, like I'm wearing noise canceling headphones, can you, can you go somewhere else? Can you work remotely, et cetera? 
And then it just becomes, you know, if you do all of those things and it's still not good enough, then you have to ask a little bit um, deeper questions, a little bit harder questions, like, can I get another job? Um, do I really want to be here right now? Is this the work that I really want to be doing? And that's a whole other conversation in itself, right? Um, but nowadays, um, with the with the advent of the internet and, and whatnot, you can work remotely quite easily, as you know, and your sure. whole team knows, uh, and it's possible. So having those open discussions and dialogues with your supervisors or colleagues is an option. Um, and then really just accepting that you can only do the best that you can, right? And being gentle and compassionate to yourself and, and accepting that we're all doing the best that we can and we're all on our path. And this sounds like woo-woo kind of spiritual shit, but it's true, right? You know, you can only do as much as you know, as well as you can, and um, and we're all just learning and growing as we as we evolve and expand. No, that 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 makes a lot of sense. And then, can you tell me how designing your inner space and designing your outer space then really relates to productivity? Right? We're talking about producing, producing yeah. more in less time, probably. So, could you drive it home for for everybody? Yeah. So basically, like. If you love your work and you're doing it exactly where you want to be, you're going to do better work. You're going to perform better. You're going to get more shit done. That's just like that makes intuitive, rational sense, right? Rather than if you hate your work and you're frustrated by your work and you hate your workspace and you don't want to go to work and you don't want to get up during the day, like you're probably not going to produce the best content. You're not going to be the most efficient and effective at your job, right? And so then it just becomes... Uh, advancing that a step further is like how can you create the best life possible because that's the end game right like we all want to have a good life we all want to get out of bed in the morning stoked to do the things that we have to do and so then kind of it scales up if you if you're enjoying your work if you're enjoying your life um, you're, you're going to be a happy fulfilled person you're going to get more shit done there's studies and research to support that as well that happy people get more shit done it's more productive um, and then recognizing that sometimes you might just have an off day or need a break or that you're a little bit burnt out like we talked about earlier and that that's totally okay and just have a, have a in Australia they call them mental health days where it's just like you're like I'm just checked out I need to go to the beach for the day or I need to just like not get out of bed and read a book and eat Twinkies or whatever it's like that's totally cool um, sometimes filling that cup back up is so vital to, um, to continuing day to day. What a fantastic piece of the culture in Australia that yeah. allows people just to check out or just to take mental health days. Or I guess in the United States, I've heard the term before, but it's, it's not all that acceptable, I don't think, uh, or at least I don't feel as an entrepreneur that it's acceptable to take a mental health day where it should be more above all, right? Because entrepreneurship mm. is extremely challenging and can be extremely stressful and full of pressure. So mm. I'm curious, actually, let me ask you this. How can entrepreneurs uh, harness that and then be able to pass that on to their teams? Because if I'm not taking a mental health day, nobody else is going to think it's okay to take a mental health day. You see what I'm saying here, Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's one of those top-down, you know, cultures that that forms in organizations right or tribes even right and but even 
so like uh what's that book seven habits of highly effective people sure i think it's like that classic tome you know yeah stephen and covey right stephen covey yeah and the last one i think is sharpen the saw this idea that um like if you have 10 hours to cut down a tree uh, you should spend six of those hours like sharpening the blade, mm-hmm. right? And that if you're if you're sharp, you'll be more effective and more efficient, right? And so then recognizing that it's okay to take a mental health day, it's okay to go and meditate, it's okay to like take a little break, a little breather, because that ultimately is an investment in the long term, right? And so oftentimes it's so easy for us as as people to to just focus on the short term, the the project, the week, the deliverable, the quarterly plan, etc., right? And we kind of lose sight of that big picture, long-term focus. And when we focus on that perspective, it becomes obvious that we should maintain our health and well-being for the long term, right? And so for an entrepreneurial perspective, if you're planning to do this business for the next 30 years, you need like a 30-year action plan. Like you need to stay healthy, you need to stay fit, you need to put structures in place to like keep you functioning at your highest self, right? In addition to um, having your teams and your employees and your staff delivering at their highest selves, right? Sure. I think it, I think it just makes rational sense that you'd want people firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't want to overlook the fact that you are you have a PhD. In I think you said behavioral change. So yeah. I, I'm I'm curious uh, more if we could dig into the science a little bit more on this. Um, you know, you mentioned that happy people are more productive people, and it makes rational sense probably to you and I. Uh, but it might not make rational sense to Walmart. I don't know what they're. I don't want to just pick on the biggest. Uh, quote-unquote most evil corporation in the world, <laughs> right? But uh, how can how can we relate this science? Because the science that you're talking about is the science of people and their behavior. So could we dig into the science a little bit more? you have anything to share? Yeah, so, so, the, so the science I, I usually rely upon is this idea of trying to tease out specific actions that need to be done and then trying to figure out why those things are or are not being accomplished, right? And so for every individual behavior, every individual task or action, there's a whole set of underlying beliefs that relate to that activity. And then those underlying beliefs will affect how we, how we view that activity, how we think about that action, um, and that might be related to if we are capable and competent, if that action is too hard, too easy, if it's boring, if our friends and family want us to even do it, what will our colleagues think, etc. So there's this whole suite of beliefs that underlie any kind of planned action or activity that we want to do. Yeah, And ultimately, at the foundation, beliefs are a choice, right? So we can choose to write the narrative of ourselves or our actions or our job in any way that we desire. And I think we forget that. And um, and so, like, this idea that things aren't bad, things just are, and we get to assign the meaning, right? And and so when it comes to work kind of stuff, I think it's important and powerful to recognize that we can shape the context behind our day-to-day actions, shape the context behind the work that we're doing. And so it might not necessarily mean, for example, that we're sending an email out 
it might mean that that email helps us to, uh, for in your case, you know, change people's lives through travel experiences, right? And it's not necessarily about creating a spreadsheet. It's like, no, this keeps our business going so that we can change lives and we can spread our message and we can like bring truth to the world. And so for me and my brand, it's like trying to keep track of that big picture stuff and then being conscious of the choices that I'm making in the beliefs that I'm choosing day to day and how I choose to live my life. Sure. That's fantastic. That, that's, okay. that's, that's really cool. No, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're, what you're putting down there. And, uh, Jeremy, I, you know, I recently kind of have been coming to some of these realizations that I do need to take more time just to do nothing and don't make my stack mm. of books be my to-do list because as I was, I was seeing the world, I was seeing, uh, this is, this is sad and maybe I'm over exaggerating, but I was seeing my, okay, every time someone tells me about an awesome place to check out, whether it's here in Costa Rica or somewhere across the world, I'll put it on a list in Evernote and then it's like on the weekends I'm like check 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 like it's my to-do list where yes. oh god I don't need another to-do list and I was losing I was probably becoming so left brained uh, that I was losing all of my creativity and I yeah. was not spending any time on creative pursuits and I know that you host creative rehab workshops uh, or, or retreats. And so I'm curious if you could take uh, your, your listener, uh, our listeners here as well as myself down that road and explain to them what they could do to create a creative rehab for themselves. Yeah, happy to chat about that. And just to briefly clarify, yes. uh, Creative Rehab is a brand that my friend Andrea Balt uh, runs and started okay. and so she she does retreats all over and then um, I've helped her on the Bali one for the last three years okay got um, it. and so so just clarifying that she's a genius actually everybody should follow her Andrea Ball um, and then so every year we bring people out to Bali we host workshops and basically the idea with that is just getting people any kind of retreat really is um, getting people outside of their normal life um, getting them to see things from a new perspective, getting them in a place they've never been. And so it's this idea that it's hard to see the picture when you're living in the frame is a really common analogy, right? And so oftentimes we can't really assess our lives and ourselves when we're living inside of the day-to-day -day experience, right? You get home from a nine-to-five job and you're like, okay, let's talk about uh, where you're going with your life. And it's really challenging, yeah? And so the idea with this creative rehab retreat we take people on adventures. We like we hike a waterfall. We go sunrise sailing with dolphins. We go to rice paddies and Buddhist temples, and um, and we mix in between all those adventures uh, workshops about a variety of different topics. So we help people um, dig deep about what's going on, understand um, their past and their pains, how they can use that to fuel their future and find their purpose, etc. Um, but just going back to something you just mentioned is. I was listening to this podcast the other day, and the host asked the guest, what is the most underappreciated skill set in business? And the, the guest responded, scheduled play. And so wow. he credits scheduled play with being fundamental to his success. And I thought that was just such an interesting answer of, oh, man. So he, he purposely makes time to just play and create and have fun. Um, and he, he recognized that as being vital to his business. 
I thought that perspective was really, really interesting. I think that's great. Uh, just don't overschedule your play <laughs> yes. where it yeah. just becomes everything just play and work becomes one and becomes one big overwhelming uh, thing to you. Avoid that, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Or even uh, Richard Branson said, um, Richard Branson was asked like how he makes time to go to the gym. And he said, I don't not have time to go to the gym. Like it was a priority for him to maintain his health and well-being. And so when you see titans like that honoring themselves in their bodies, it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe I can find an hour a day to go and go for a surf or do some yoga or go dance or whatever the hell you need to do, go skateboard. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I've heard that say about, uh, I've heard that said about meditation. If you don't have 10 minutes to sit and meditate, then you probably need an hour. Uh, yeah, that that exactly, makes right? that makes some sense. And um, okay, then could you break that down? Get scheduled play. Uh, re really hammer it home for our our listeners here that schedule how scheduled play and jumping off waterfalls and hiking and sailing with dolphins and uh, visiting the Balinese Hindu temples and all of that is a reset for you to be able to then go and be creative because schedule play is one thing, but you better have scheduled writing time or, or an nice. open schedule so that you can just be, have the time to say, Oh God, I got to sit down and write and be inspired. Right. And so that I think alludes to this idea of balance that we talked about at the beginning. Right. So like the scheduled play is a tool and like any tool, uh, it's very useful in certain ways and entirely useless in other ways. Right. Like you wouldn't have a, a screwdriver to to hammer nails in your house or whatever right so you also need separate tools like discipline and focus and drive and you know all those other great things that are required uh, to accomplish or get things done um, but so for me a scheduled play is like just a really great reminder of uh, of the grander purpose of, of life and for me I view life as something to enjoy and savor and I'm very, very conscious of the fact that it can be taken away at any time, that we are ultimately incredibly fragile, wandering around this planet, and every day people are just removed from it. You know, people die every day um, suddenly via accidents, heart attacks, disease, etc. And it's just that classic line of like, what are you going to do with this one precious life? And for me, I don't want to spend my whole life grinding. I don't really even like that word anymore. I used to be all about the grind. Now I'm like, fuck the grind. I wanna, I wanna laugh. Uh, you know, I wanna spend time with people I love and care about. I wanna do things that are fun. Um, and so I would encourage people to get back to what you really want in life. Like deep down, what is it that you want from life? Recognizing that literally, you might die tomorrow. Like, and I find that super morose and incredibly inspiring. And it's like, you're gonna be, you might die tomorrow, you might die next week or a year. So like, what are you gonna do day to day? Like go for the surf, like say the thing that you wanna say, like be brave, have the conversation with the random girl you've got a crush on or a guy that you see at the gym. It's like, go and live your life. Because if you're not living, like what's the point? You know, and if you're not enjoying your day, what's the point? Like, what are you doing this for? So that's a little soapbox rant about that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're spot on. I yeah, think thanks, Matt. You got I think it. we can get so caught up in in focusing on being efficient and being productive and being accomplished and acquiring things and stuff and looking good that we forget that fundamentally, like, we just want to have some fun. Sure. And we want to like enjoy ourselves, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing. Um, that requires guilt or shame to say, you know what, I've had a long day, I, I don't want to work right now, and I'm going to do it tomorrow, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it when I feel better. I just need a five-minute break to take breaths and get back into my body. Sure. I, I heard, uh, you know who Derek Sivers is? He started a company called CD Baby, and now he just kind of, uh, well, he sold that for a lot of money, donated most of it, and just kind of travels around the world and writes and, and programs. And um, I, I like his concept. Uh, he, oh, he, somebody said, like, why are you always smiling, right? And he said, well, because I have a million dollars in the bank. So what about the people who don't have a million dollars in the bank and yeah. you're trying, you, people are out there trying to make this content and this, uh, these retreats and do these and promote themselves again, uh, build their brands around having a good time, always smiling. And then when you got to take the selfie, you got to, you got to fake it, right? You got to do like yeah. the, okay, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Now, like, ha, 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 you know what I mean? Like, take those yeah. pictures. And we see this all the time because to get, it must be, it, it, I, I see, and, and not that I'm not one of these people, but you got to get to a certain scale where it's sustainable for your life. Uh, shit, I hope I'm not going back to the balance question, but talk to mm. the people who aren't there yet, and they do need to grind to pay the bills, but really try to make sure they have a smile on their face and enjoy the journey. What would you say to those people? I would say to, to those people, like, welcome to the club. Like, everybody in some <laughs> way is grinding, right? Sure. Like, whether that is, you know, trying to have less fun or more fun or <laughs> less pain or more pain or who the hell am I or what do I even want from life or what am I scared about or how do I deal with my parents or my childhood? or Like, we all have our shit to deal with, mm -hmm. right? And so I would just say to those people, like, welcome to the club. Everybody is is dealing with their own stuff. Like, nobody escapes childhood alive. We're all just trying to figure it out the best we can, right? And and I think that we forget that we're we're in control of what goes on in our heads. And that is fundamental freedom. The ability to choose our thoughts, the ability to choose the way we interpret the world around us, the stories we tell ourselves, right? And you don't need to go to Bali and swim with dolphins to change your life. It might just merely mean that you take your dog to the park. Or if you take your dog to the park every day, maybe take him to a different park and get a little bit of newness in your life. Like take a different route to work. Go to a different restaurant that you've never been to. Do you know what I mean? Like wear a shirt that you haven't worn in a long time. Like just mix it up a little bit, right? And, and these are ways that you can kind of drip a bit of newness and adventure and excitement into your life. And, and those things can then become habits and rituals to, to build upon if they work. And if it's not working, if nothing's working, try some different shit. You know, like mix it up a bit. Join a club. Uh, reach out to someone and ask for advice or help. Like listen to podcasts. Watch YouTube videos. 
just start experimenting. Get curious about what it is that you want to learn more about. You know, reach out to people. Uh, there's so many things that are possible. And I think we, myself included, we get stuck in these, you know, monotonous kind of days, right? We have these habits. We wake up. We do that. We do that. We do that. And suddenly it's bedtime. And so we do that and we do that and we do that. And the day's over. And then suddenly it's 2018. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? How how did we get here? Sure. Um, and so I think um, trying to mix it up a bit is a good thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's fantastic. And I'm happy that you mentioned that people don't have to pack up their life and go to Bali to make that change. They can keep it really simple. And I think of non-millennials sometimes because uh, my mom actually is a podcast listener. Of course she listens to her son's yeah. podcast, hey, right? And uh, it, it's... Uh, it's amazing because I don't think my mom's packing up and going to Bali anytime soon. In fact, I would I would fall over and I don't know. I would be that would be the phone call the least phone call I would be expecting that day for sure, right? But she's so good at the little things mm. where she got into this concept of grounding or earthing, uh, where you know you just walk around barefoot on the on the grass or on the sand or on the uh, in your backyard and it feels really good and you're just more mindful and uh, there's health benefits, etc. And now she goes out like every day and while she's eating her breakfast or her lunch, she sits on her little back patio and she puts her feet on the grass and that's an example of, she'd probably say that was life-changing for her to be able to sit there and have her tea and look out at the back garden and watch her dog run around. And that's a fantastic exercise for her that makes her have more enjoyment for the rest of her day and, and laugh more and smile more and, and be, be happier. Yeah, I love that, man. And so I have this idea of like, uh, other people have it as well, but finding the beauty in the mundane like the miraculous and the ordinary. And so I would do these things where I would just go for a walk around the block and I would try to blow my own mind or I would try to see the world as a child would see it and just be totally present and totally aware. And you start to play this little game of like, like, holy shit, th that, that thing is flying in the sky. And like, oh my God, it's covered in feathers. And wow, like I can see that with my eyes and oh my God, what are eyes? And like, what is color? And like, it sounds like you're on a little bit of a drug-induced adventure, but at the heart of that is just this, is this ridiculous discourse in your mind that the world around us is just this sensational wonderland waiting to be observed and discovered, right? And a beautiful way to do this is to hang out with little kids, like hang out with toddlers and just observe the way that they interact with the world and how they treat the world around them. And little kids, man, they just run amok in a backyard and they and they put things in their mouth and they're staring mouth agape at the simplest of little things of like around them. And so I don't know about you, like the more I travel, you know, you see people who are the happiest or the most joyous and they're they're not the wealthiest. They're not the ones that have the biggest cars or the, or the most adventures in life. They're often the people who are very simple, very humble. Um, they appreciate the little things in life and recognize that the little things in life are just, uh, or the big things in life, sorry, are 
just the little things that we give attention to, the little things we, that we give our time to, family, connection, feeling, um, sensation, presence, gratitude, right? And so you can cultivate those things day to day. And that's a process and that's a journey of a lifetime. But as your mom is recognizing, like just having your feet on the ground is a goddamn miracle. And it's something that you would miss if you didn't have feet and you didn't have life, right? And I think we take those things for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, if people want to have their own meaningful experiences on a day-to-day basis and they want to become really a a deep thinker about the world uh, Mm -hmm. as it seems that you have developed yourself into and you know you're spreading things like kindness and compassion and uh, you know being creative on on a very consistent basis and making a focus to, to really enjoy life, uh, what would you tell them as, as we wrap up? I would suggest that they accept total personal responsibility for the way their life is going. And when you do that, it's a very confronting thing, but it's a very empowering thing because you recognize and realize that you are in control of how you respond, how you react, how you choose to spend your time, how you choose to do the things that you do in your life. And so accepting total personal responsibility for the way your life is going. And that takes away the blame for the people, that eliminates the excuses, and that just puts it on us. And when you do that, it, it can become a game, a gentle, compassionate game of like, all right, this is my, this is my life. How do I want to see the world? Um, how do I want to experience my day? How do I want other people to feel when they interact with me? And, and I think that's a really empowering thing. And it's a bold, audacious challenge as well. That, Beautiful. Uh, that, that few recognize and, and I think many could benefit from. Yeah. Excellent. Jeremy, uh, if people want you to send them long-distance love bombs, rants, and constant reminders <laughs> that they need to accept total personal responsibility to be able to yeah. go out there and uh, enjoy and save your life. As you have said, where can they yeah. get in contact with you? So I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Long Distance Love Bombs. And I have a website, longdistancelovebombs.com. And, uh, and that's, that's it, really. Beautiful. Send me a message. Say hello. Connect. I'm always happy to meet new people. Sounds good, Jeremy. I hope that they do. And uh, thanks for coming on and, and sharing with us today. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Thanks so much for having me.